0: Can't hurt anyone right now. Great artist. Uh, Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I am your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Sport Wheels Warehouse, Nova Scotia's largest baseball and hockey training center, indoor batting cages, hockey shooting gallery, camps, corporate events, birthdays, and more. Located at 78 First Lake Drive in Lower Sackville, the warehouse has all your sporting needs to get you to the next level or... If you just want to have some fun, check out sportwheels.ca and get in there today. And now I know you might be thinking, what are you talking about, Justin? Sportwheels isn't even open right now. Well, guess what? If you advertise with us, I consider you family. And even though they're closed right now, it's my job to make sure that Sportwheels stays in your ears and stays in your eyes with the clips that we're putting on the podcast or the, the video advertisement on the podcast clip. So that's how I feel about that. Um, yeah, Sportwheels, great company. Uh, today on the podcast, Alex Pace. If you don't know who Alex Pace is, this guy's putting Lacrosse Nova Scotia on the map right now. He played his first year in professional lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League for the Philadelphia Wings. Um, he also played at Brock University before that. Like I said, coming out of Nova Scotia, anyone that gets to go on and play professional lacrosse, that's huge for this province. Um, not a lot of people have done it. You you can see the talent that's coming up in and out of Nova Scotia. Um, and I think Alex is just leading that wave right now. He's the first. There's, there's been, don't get me wrong, there's been other guys that have played uh, professional lacrosse coming out of Nova Scotia. But, you know, I, I just feel like the consistency of it is going to become a lot more, you um, it's going to be a lot more higher. There's going to be a lot more kids going into that league uh, coming out of this part of the world, which is great. The Thunderbirds are helping that. I can't wait to see. Like, It sucks because of this whole... I hate saying even the word at this point. But uh, the, the big C word, it sucks that this is going on right now because it could mess up lacrosse registration moving forward into the summer and I was really looking forward to talking to some of my lacrosse buddies to see what the registration numbers were going to be for this year because you know that team uh the Thunderbirds coming to Halifax can only help registration numbers go through the roof so um anyways uh, that, that's a whole nother topic but I'm excited to have Alex on I'm not sure when he got back from Philadelphia uh we're practicing social distance uh you know the, the podcast studio the two mics are six feet away I cleaned both of the microphone uh wing wind screen excuse me Uh, I cleaned the entire basement with uh, Lysol wipes about an hour ago before he got here everything's good calm down relax you know have a cup of coffee have a have a tea have a beer have a have a glass of wine whatever your vice is the the point of these podcasts is to distract you for hour 45 minutes however long this episode is um, it's meant to distract you for the, for that period of time to get your mind off the real world and uh, and just focus on some entertainment Alex is gonna have some great stories going into your first year professional anything is exciting doesn't matter if it's a sport if it's a, a job that you love if, if it's something else. Anything getting to do what you love in this world is uh, is, is an exciting story, and I'm sure Alex is going to tell me these uh, these stories today. I'm sure he has a couple, and uh, it's going to be good. So sit back, relax, do me that small favor. Don't worry about the world for, for these 45 minutes, this hour, whatever it is. Have fun, listen, enjoy. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right, Alex. We are going, I don't know how many times I've started this podcast and the mics weren't going, like the cameras weren't going, so I'm always paranoid, but we're going. How are you?
1: Good, man. Good to be home.
0: Good. Talk a little bit closer into the mic. Sorry, you're good there. Is that yeah. good? Yeah, you're good there. All right. Let's try to go this whole podcast without saying the C word. Yeah. CV, CV19. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's in everyone's mind, and I said in the intro before the podcast starts, like, these podcasts are meant to be, like, distractions for people just to kind of relax, don't even worry about it, and just... For sure. I said that you'd have a bunch of stories, so you, you got to deliver.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I was looking forward to being uh, on here, you know, I was watching you guys from the very beginning, and uh, I love the coverage you're doing to uh, the local sports and it. the local athletes, so... I, I appreciate that. Thank you. It. Yeah,
0: we were looking forward to like getting the interview in with you, like when you came to Scotiabank Arena, and then we I were know. like, we should mic them up too. But then they already got the mic'd up video, so at least he got yeah. the mic'd up
1: version of it done. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It, it was, was wicked. Uh, it was cool to see. But yeah, I was definitely looking forward to that game. You know, coming home and playing in front of family and friends. But yeah, it is what it is. The whole world's on pause, and it's just the way it is right now. So.
0: Let me ask you a question about well, first of all, like you just gotta look forward to next year. I know we just had that conversation. Yeah. Hopefully everything's done by like August, September, so next year, you know, you can play in front of your family and friends. Um the whole mic'd up video, how did they put the mic on you during the game? Because we're trying to figure out how to do that for the, the junior and senior league. Yeah. So how did they do it for you?
1: They uh they tied it like the mic actually tied through my it was wrapped around my kidney pads, like it was like taped up i don't know it was like in a little it was in a little like okay keep going
0: i'll show i'll show you what we have it goes like this yeah
1: so that was just wrapped around my shoulder pad like strap and then they taped it like right against the sh- the kidney pad oh yeah so it was just like just like jimmy rigged it up but it wasn't bad like it was bouncing around a little bit but so that's what i'm nervous about like someone with the old hack right there yeah. that breaks like those are pricey that's what i, I don't know i know good stuff but no, it was cool to get that in, for sure.
0: So talk about, you know, the, the whole experience. Any, I, I said also in the intro, anytime, uh, you know, your first year pro doing something that you absolutely love must be a, a dream come true. So I guess just talk about, you know, maybe your first day in Philly or, or maybe getting drafted yeah. Maybe back when you're on Brock and you, maybe some scouts were interviewing you. Maybe talk about the first step of becoming a pro lacrosse player and when you thought that that dream was going to become a reality because okay. it is.
1: Well, um, I guess if we're going to do that, we should just start at the beginning, Giver, so I got nothing but time. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) I'd say I first started playing um, my first year lacrosse was novice. Yeah, Uh, my best friend growing up, Luke Smeltzer. He, I know, I know his dad and Luke. Yeah, yeah, Mike. He plays. uh, Luke plays at RIT, which is a Division three program in the states. Okay, really, like it's a factory down there. They produce a bunch of NLL players. So good school there. Yeah, he was playing and uh, got me into the game, and you know, it was just. I know you played. You you can uh, relate to this. It was just fell in love with it right from the beginning. We were young. We were always had our stick in our hands around the neighborhood, you know. Um, so yeah, started playing novice uh, for Southwest. Okay. We uh, kind of dominated growing up. I think I, I I don't think I lost my first game until Bantam. So <laughs> we had uh, some guys that was around, that were on those teams were like um shane bowers was on the team michael leary cam lee uh noah bald played at cornell that
0: makes sense i remember at the jordan boy tournament shane was playing there and he was talking
1: about you okay that makes sense now i didn't know who who you were at the time yeah but
0: he's like i got this buddy and he was talking about you then now that makes sense okay yeah so we were
1: all played together growing up and we had a good squad and everything but uh yeah and then uh i played on the provincial team through Wee. And uh, we got to go to Nationals in Whitby. I'm not sure if you ever did that.
0: Uh, we went to Burnaby, B.C. We played oh, yeah? Nationals.
1: Cool. But yeah, so I went to Whitby three or four times. sort And that sort of gave me a taste of what was out there for lacrosse, you know, because you grow up playing around here and you don't really think about, you're just sort of, Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's
0: well. Let me ask you a question, because my first experience going to a national tournament was uh, an ego check. Like I was a good player around here. Well, what was your reaction going to? That's a a good way to
1: put it, because it was like, okay, I'm one of the top guys on Team Nova Scotia. Yeah, and in the league around here, but I, I'm asking myself, would I even make Team Ontario? Would I make Team BC? You know, and that sort of drove me to keep working at it, because it was like, okay, yeah. It's it's okay to be a good player in our league here, but what does that mean on the big scale if I want to take this to the next level? Yeah. And so I was always, you know, working on my game. I just I just loved to play. So I was hitting the wall, shooting in my backyard, you know. Um, but anyway, so played up through midget and then played my first year of junior in Halifax. Okay, for Southwest. Played for Southwest. We won the championship that year, which was a four peat for our team.
0: You won four junior championships? A- I
1: didn't. I won one because I only uh, played one year, but that was a four-peat for those guys. So guys like Jake Norton was our goalie, Sam Martin was you know, a captain, yeah. Nate Allen, um, Brian Huey was on that team, Luke Smeltzer. Yeah, we, we had a really good team, Yeah, obviously. And so I played my first year of junior there, won the championship, and then that summer, I got the chance to try out for team canada under 17 how did how
0: did that opportunity come about like you got an email or a call
1: so chet connect me do you know chet yeah he plays for the thunderbirds right yeah Yeah, he was the technical director of lacrosse nova scotia at the time yeah he was running like a high performance program and i was i was part of that just it was a way to keep playing through the winter we were in the gym and stuff cool and he had said to me you know alex you got you're a good player you have some uh you have some talent and some um the word I'm looking for skill, uh, yeah, more just um, persistence, consistency. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> but uh, you, you should try and play in Ontario, right? Yeah. And uh, so then I, my dad actually saw online uh, there was tryouts for this under seventeen team Canada box. Okay. And they were going to play at the at the world championship in Onondaga. Where's that? That's a Native reserve in New York. Wow. That's where the Thompson brothers are from and okay. stuff. Yeah. Cool. And so. I was the age group to, I was 17 at the time, so it was like the perfect opportunity, you know, my whole, my whole career growing up, I was like, would I be good enough to play with those guys? And this was sort of the, the telltale, right? Yeah. So I went up with a buddy of mine, Connor Aquano, who ended up coming to Brock with me and being my roommate there. Let me stop you.
0: Were you a little nervous going into it or were you confident? Were you prepared? Like, what was your mindset going into that? I think
1: I was, I was like ready, you know, like I was like, this is sort of my opportunity Yeah, I wanted to play at the highest level I could. Yeah. The coaches of that team were Josh Sanderson, uh, Bill Greer, Josh Sanderson. Th- those two now coach for the Seals. Yeah. Sean Allen, who ended up being my coach in St. Catharines, like NOL legends, right? And yeah. You have the best guys in the game assessing players, you know? And uh, so, yeah. So, I went up there. I was fortunate enough to make that team, which was really the, the door to get me to Ontario. And... Um, Sean Allen, who was a coach of that team, was the head coach and GM of Saint Catharines. And then he brought me up to try out for the St Catharines Junior A athletics. Yeah. And, you know, there was I think there were six guys on that team, Canada team, six or seven that were also Saint Catharines guys. Interesting. And They were all 99s and 98s. I'm a 98. Okay. And that was sort of a rebuilding year for that Junior A team. So I was lucky that I got to go right up there and play Junior A lacrosse. Oh, wow. Right? Which is, you know, a lot of guys who are coming from Nova Scotia, it's tough to jump right to Junior A because you don't grow up in Ontario. You don't have, like, you don't have any reputation. These other guys you're competing against, they've been Team Ontario their whole life coached by the same guys their whole life so you're not going to go in there and just take a guy's spot right
0: was there anyone looking at you like who's this guy coming in was anyone just like not giving not like bullying you but was there anyone looking yeah. at you like who are you
1: <laughs> yeah i think so i mean um the i was still in high school that year because yeah. i went up for my grade 12 so it was my second year junior yeah so this was the summer before my first year of university and i had i was finishing school up i got to finish a little early high school because yeah. They just made it work for me because I was going up. Beauty of sports, yeah, 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 which was sick. But <laughs> um, so I hadn't even been at training camp. I went to the tryouts in March, and then I hadn't been at any training camp. And I went up and went right into a game. And like I'm showing up on the bus, and these guys are like, "Who, are, who are you, man? Like, really? <laughs> yeah." But like, and you're still like even headed. You're still like fine. You're like, I'm just going to go in and do what I do. You're still
0: not well, worried that's about the thing,
1: it. like. Growing up, I was an offensive guy around here, yeah. And uh, I went up there, and they didn't. I remember on the game sheet, my very first game, they have defense and forwards, yeah. and then they had pace in the middle with arrows both ways. <laughs> that's a, they that's didn't amazing. know either, right? <laughs> so it, it was sort of just like, okay, let's see what this kid can do. So um, yeah, my first year, I was playing, uh, I was playing offense, and um, then I, my second year, I was like half offense, half defense. And then I just transitioned defense because the coaches there, um, they saw, okay, yeah, I could be an offensive guy, but, you know, I was the guy that was setting picks and swinging the ball and making sure that that we don't get fast break. Whereas on defense, I could have a bit more of an impact because, you know, the old guys on my team are Alex Simmons goes to Denver University, Carter Zavitz, Princeton, Jake McNabb now playing for the mammoth jeff wittig playing for the mammoth like division one and all like these guys are legit right Mm -hmm. like coming from what we've played it's it's a tough jump right but you know i think for the lacrosse around here i think the top few guys on every junior team in our league could play junior lacrosse in ontario but you do need that time to work your way up and adapt your game to what kind of player you're going to be at that level right yeah like My roommate, Connor Aquano, he went up and played uh, Junior B. Yeah. And right away, he lit it up. He was lighting up Junior B. But, you know, as an O-guy, there's only seven O-guys on a team. And you look at the guys on our team in St. Catharines, it's tough tough to get a spot, right? That's just the way it is. But if you get up there in your early years, you have time to build that reputation, learn the game more. You know, my first two years were honestly just figuring it out. Yeah. Like... Until my third year, when I started to play, you can move the mic. You can move it right. <laughs> there. You go. All good. My uh, my third year in the winter, I started to play in the A.L.L.
0: What's the, what? The what the
1: A.L.L. is basically? It's trying to be like the A.H.L. Oh, the sorry. NLL. Okay, okay. So okay. it's all guys trying to make, trying to make it to the N.L.L. Okay, but it's only like games on the weekends and oh, yeah. whatnot. Actually, I played for the St. Catherine Shockwave. We won it last year, won the championship, the AOL. Congrats. Yeah. And a couple guys, uh, like I played against Warren Hill in that league. Oh, wow. Uh, Corey Becker, yeah. he plays for the Thunderbirds. He was on my team. Like tons of guys who are yeah. in the AOL are now in the N.L.L. Mm. But, you know, anyways, back to where we were going. It's just like when you're in Ontario and you have that opportunity, I was playing full, full year. You know, and we just don't have that here. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? I remember when I was
0: playing around here. I don't know what it was, midget maybe junior. And I remember I got like ten goals in one game. And I came back to my car, and I was like, "Dad, look, like, what do you think?" And he's like, "Justin, like, you if you could do that in Ontario or BC, maybe I'd be impressed." Yeah, but don't don't <clears> let <throat> it get to your head here. It's fine. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And I remember that. And then that was right after. or That was right before I went to that national tournament in Burnaby. I'm pretty sure. And then, like I said, that was just the kind of check of the skill level that you think you have compared to what these guys have in Ontario or BC and other yeah. parts of the country. I shouldn't just say BC and Ontario, but yeah. it's uh, it, it it's a, it, it's just it's more consistent. There's there's a lot more guys that can compete with you. Yeah,
1: you know, it's it's a real like it's a real yeah. it's a real deal up there. Yeah. And you know, I was fortunate in Saint Catharines. I had great coaching. Like, you know, I had great coaching around here as well, but. Um, when you go up there, you have like my coach, Ian Rubel, who also is my defensive coach in Philly. He coached me. He was our defensive coach in junior. Okay. Sean Allen was the head coach and GM. When I first got up there, he was the guy who really like pulled me in. Yeah. And then, uh, Steve Toll took over from him. Steve Toll played, I think 14 years in the NLL was an all-star. Yeah. You know, these guys are the highest level and learning from them, like my game just took off
0: if you had to pinpoint one guy in the most valuable lesson I know it's hard but you're naming a lot of names like if you thought there was one guy that gave you like that one lesson that turned you into an NLL player who would it be and
1: what was the skill set do you think I know it's tough that's a tough question because I feel like it was everything about being in St. Catharines that made me the player I am today you know a story that I like to tell is my first I think it's like my third practice in St. Catharines when I'm still 18 years old Still sorta of in awe of being up there and yeah. and how serious it is. I walk into the rink and I go to use the bathroom and Mark Steinhouse is just hitting the wall. <laughs> He's playing wall ball in there and Mark Steinhouse is a legend, played for the bandits. I remember the first lacrosse magazine I ever got, he was on the cover. So that's like a guy that's like an idol for people in the lacrosse world, you know? And that sort of just made me realize, okay, this is the right place. Yeah. But I think the one guy I mean There's so many guys that I I'd like to owe it to, you know, but I think Ian Rubel has had a huge impact on my career because he was my defensive coach when I really made the switch and he was the guy that was saying, look, if you can, if you can learn how to play our system and, you know, just get comfortable on playing defense, you can, you can make a career out of this. And, and, uh, he's now my coach in Philly. So he was a big part of getting me there, you know? Yeah. He believed in me and trusted me to come there and sick, yeah. So. so, what's the
0: draft process like in the NLL? How does that work? Is it so? It?
1: I went to the I went to the combine. Oh, what's a, what's a combine like in an the NLL? Yeah, so the combine's a little bit. Uh, it's not. It's not quite like the NHL. Yeah, I was gonna combine. say, are they plugging
0: your nose and yelling at you on the bike? What are they doing to
1: you? It was a one day. It was a one day try. Like one day, we played games. In oh, so you're in gear. Yeah. Okay. It okay. was just the morning we had a 30 minute practice yeah and then we had you played a game like i was on the blue team there's four teams played a game against like the black team had a break played another game that was it where was the combine it was at the the track in oakville it's where the toronto rock um, practice facility okay um yeah so uh i went there you had to pay to sign up i think it was like 300 bucks no way yeah yeah.
0: Oh, that's got to change, Kamish If you're listening to this, yeah. come on, buddy. 300 bucks. So it's a lot of money right now. Yeah.
1: So um, I hadn't really spoken to any NLL team, so I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get drafted. You know, my coaches had said you're a good player, you're gonna get picked, but yeah. like I hadn't actually spoken to anyone, so I was like, I gotta go to the combine, make sure I get noticed and everything. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do they feed you, put you in a hotel, or anything? No, it's just one day. So that you, 300 you bucks there, is just holy. Fuck. Get there for one day. Get there at eight AM. We are done by four. No lunch, no food, nothing. No, bring your own lunch. Oh come on, yeah, man, that's bushly. jersey, jersey. That's it.
0: And you got to give the jersey back, or do you keep no, the jersey. Keep the jersey. Still, <laughs> come on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah. So, but the one thing about the combine, which is why you pay the money, is that all the GMs and coaches are there, and you get to have meetings. With okay. Them, right. So okay, there's a sheet, and it says like they'll write your name down. At, in a time slot if they want to meet with you so yeah. i think the practice was at 10 i get off the floor check the sheet i have a meeting with halifax at like 10 30.
0: oh really who'd you meet with if so, you don't let me asking.
1: yeah i met with uh it was mike accuracy yeah chad culp yeah who's the o coach okay and roger chrysler who's the d coach okay who also coached me with the shockwave that's sick. so they were the first meeting and like obviously you know Being a hometown Halifax kid, I was, like, looking forward to it and stuff. And they just sort of ask you the the classic combine questions. What type of player are you? What type of player do you see yourself being in the NLL? You know, where do you think you're going to go? Blah, blah, blah. And that was my first one. So I was sort of didn't really know what to expect. And then 30 minutes later, I met with Colorado. And Steve Toll, who was my head coach, was a scout for them. Cool. And so he was sitting there and, and have a meeting with them. And they're like yeah, we're we're going to take you in the second round if you're still there. And that to me was like, whoa, like I didn't know where I was going to go coming in. Right. Yeah. So when they told me that it was like, OK, wow, maybe maybe I am going to go like higher than I thought or whatever. And then I, met, I had a couple more interviews I met with Rochester in New York, and they all sort of said the same the same thing. Yeah. But Philly, like Ian Rubel was there. And he said to me, "You know, we're gonna take you at twenty, if you're still there." And so that's where I ended up getting picked. So they t- were telling the truth, but that's sort of how that all—that's cool. That all worked. Yeah, I was waiting. Halifax picked I think fourteen.
0: Oh, did they? Yeah, And they
1: picked Peterson. I think they no. Peterson went fifth. There, he was their first. I think they picked uh, Trevor Smith. Oh yeah, defender. And so. That was, I was kind of looking at that one, and then the 20th pick came. And, you know, Philly, like, obviously, deep down, uh, I was kind of hoping for Halifax, yeah. but really, Philly was, was the best location for me. I think, you know, I got to come in right away and, and have a spot. And, you know, our coaches in Philly are incredible. Paul Day, he was the 2003 Coach of the Year, he was the head coach at age 29 so the guy's just an absolute wizard like it's uh it's pretty cool to be around our offensive coach tracy koloski's in the hall of fame yeah and it's not the hall of fame in the nll is like 12 guys is it yeah the hall of fame in the nll is not i didn't even know there was a hall of fame yeah it's it's like really elite so is
0: mike in there The are the uh, head coach for halifax
1: do you know know who the 12 guys are i honestly don't know i honestly don't know
0: Jordan Mills, our Thunderbirds guy, was telling me that he's a legend and he's given me his stats yeah, and they were yeah. impressive. So I was just wondering. He is a
1: legend. He's a St. Kitts guy as well. Yeah, yeah? Yeah.
0: So, um, so when you get drafted, don't lie, I'm, I'm sure you're Googling right away where the best Philly cheesesteak is in Philly. <laughs> where is the best Philly cheesesteak? Uh,
1: I mean, I've had a few. They're all pretty good to me. You know, I'm not too picky, but uh, I know Pat's is good, yeah. Gino's. Those are like the Those are like the two like that go head-to-head. Have you had both of them? Uh, I honestly – I've had both of them, but I couldn't tell you which one was which.
0: You so, know, like, what are you looking for on a Philly cheese stick? Because I've had, like, maybe one, but yeah. I made it myself. Like, what are the yeah. key consistencies to a good Philly cheese stick?
1: Like, uh, I like onions on it. Okay. Crispy so. or like, sl- How do you like the onions? Yeah, just, like, fried up. Fried up? Yeah, and then uh, just some cheese. Like, you can get provolone. You can get American cheddar. I heard you can get, like, like a They put, like, Whiz. Whiz, yeah. Yeah, which... I don't mind that, but I think I'd rather like a provolone or something. Okay, interesting. But yeah, it's a good uh it's a good after the bar snack for sure. It's like kinda like their do air, I guess.
0: Oh yeah, I never thought of it that that's, way.
1: That's how I would that's how I would put it.
0: What's it like playing
1: at the uh, Wells Fargo? It's super cool, man. I just gotta check outside the there. Okay, what's the yeah, out? Is it cool? Yeah, it's super cool. Like it's a great building and they treat us super well there, you know. It feels like you're on the flyers or whatever, so yeah, it's 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 awesome. The fans in Philly, you know, everyone knows the fans in Philly they are They don't like you if you're losing, but they love you if you're winning. Yeah. So I mean, that's what we expect. Yeah, as a team, you know, you, you expect that anyway. So the fans have been awesome. And the whole experience has been surreal. That's sick.
0: Yeah, you guys, have you ever like had any crossings with like Philly or the or uh, I mean the hockey team or the basketball team? Like, you ever run into Giroux in the hallway or anything like that? Not
1: really, honestly, because uh,
0: your schedules are so different. I guess.
1: Yeah, the last the last weekend we were there, or maybe the weekend before, um, the Flyers played a one o'clock game, and yeah. we played. A four o'clock game or something? They got the turf over that quick. Yeah, they're doing like an hour. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Those guys are impressive if you can do that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh I saw connect me walking out with oh, yeah. his uh with his girl. <laughs> right oh he's doing all right. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that that was the only guy. Right. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: Yeah good man yeah so talk let's talk about the first game you know uh every time i've asked you you've said you've had no nerves about anything for your lacrosse career so like first game in the yeah. nll are you what are you doing taking a pre-game nap what's the pre-game meal are you walking to the rink are you cabbing okay you're busing how are how you, you ubering yeah how you, like how talk about the day so what time did you wake
1: up the very first game was in our very first game my nll career was in georgia and i actually got scratched that game oh no so that was a bit of a letdown but anyway how do they let you
0: know you're being scratched
1: at practice or no it's late it's like so how the day works is like wake up shoot around in the morning yeah so that's like an hour and you can kind of get a sense if you're in or out because we're doing line stuff there but they don't actually they didn't actually tell me until like after our first warm-up so we come in after first warm-up and the lineup's posted Oh, so you, wait a second. Sorry. So you
0: warmed up like to play the game. Yeah. Uh, oh, in front of, wow. And then yeah. You, okay. Like okay. light warm ups. So okay, you go with your helmets and gloves yeah, like yeah, an yeah. hour
1: before. Yeah. And then they, t- and then they just put the lineup out and then they told me, but, okay. um, you know, it was like, you're a rookie. That's sort of, you gotta, you gotta earn your, earn your keep. You know, a yeah. lot of those guys, pretty much every other defender, every other defender on the team was on the team last year and played games last year. So I sort of expected it. Um, but you know, Georgia traveling, I remember I saw Lyle Thompson in the airport. Oh yeah, and I saw him, and I'm like kind of kind of in awe, you know, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I gotta play against this guy tomorrow. <laughs> might you have know? to fight this guy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys are like legends, you know yeah. so it, that that was cool. But then you know, I was a little disappointed I didn't play that first game. Yeah. Then they let me know I was in the next game, like the week leading up. Okay, cool. Um, and that was Calgary. So oh that, in Calgary. In Calgary cool. at the at the saddle dome. Sick. So that was cool. And you know, same thing. Wake up Friday night. We flew in, we practiced um at like a practice facility. Stay in downtown Calgary, wake up, shoot around at the saddle dome, Sick. get ready. And my first game, I think there was thirteen thousand people there. And I just remember like I really wasn't nervous. You ever play in front of a crowd like that? No, nothing 15, like that. 15, nothing like that. Maybe a couple thousand. like. Yeah. But yeah, like just looking around, I just remember like just smiling and just being like, top of the world. This is it. Right. Like I'm here, you know? And I think like you get a little nervous, like before your first shift, like you're like anxious to get out there. But I really wasn't that nervous because I think with, with the way I play, it's like a lot of my game is just instinct, you know, when you're on the floor, like as a defender in the nll it's all just quick decisions yeah you don't have a whole lot of time to think about it so it's not like as an o guy where it's like oh i i better hit my shots tonight or i hope i don't drop the ball like it's a little more like once you get to that level like you're there you know what do you what
0: do you think your biggest skill set is in the nll you're a defender you're great at it What do you think separates you from the guy that's almost about to be in the NLL to a guy like you who's in the NLL and and is making a career out of it? What do you think that key switch is that you have
1: that maybe some other people are trying to get? Because there's going to be a
0: lot of kids listening to this trying to... Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, again, I was fortunate with my situation that my defensive coach... Of three years in junior is my defensive coach in philadelphia in the nll right so what did he teach you like so what's... we run the same system yeah. in in saint Catharines that we run in philly so i've played 40 50 games in that system there's guys who've been on the team a couple of years that i i'm more familiar with the system than them so mm. i was lucky in that sense again that there was no real learning curve yeah it was more just adjusting to the speed and the physicality which you expect at any level as you move up, right? Yeah. But I think what sort of, I guess, what makes the difference for me through my whole career is just, you know, learning, you know, learning from the guys around you. When I first went up there, I was like a deer in the headlights, you know, didn't know what the systems were. I wasn't really sure how they played the game up there, you know, that even just in practice, like, they're like, oh, we're doing the the bandage drill, and I'm just there like at the back of the line, kinda like <laughs> oh, and it's just drills, you know, it's like it's like them doing the the horseshoe and hockey, it's drills they've done since they were a kid, right? Yeah. But I think just a big part of what got me to where I am now is just being able to learn and adapt and and figure out how to get more floor time, what I needed to do to get work my way up on the depth chart, you know it's all just little things. Like every time you get an opportunity, I think you have to make the most of it to keep moving up. Right. Yeah. So you get a guy who's out of the lineup and now you're on PK one, you go in there and play. Well, maybe next game you're on PK one again, you know, it was even with, even with my, the start of the season, the NLL with me, I started the year scratched second, played the second game of the year and I played every game since, you know, I played my way in, but I think just, just obviously you know there's the cliche things you know working hard and and keeping your stick in your hand you know you played the game it's it's a game that you can get better at if you want to put the time in right and and um if you're an athlete you can you can like it comes easy right but yeah i think just just learning from the other guys around me and just always being coachable and um
0: that's a good point being coachable
1: yeah that was a good it's
0: a skill set that i don't think you can teach you just kind of have to have it
1: yeah but if if you want it you know if if you realize okay i'm doing this and it's not working or the coaches are telling me to do this and you know you gotta you gotta understand that you need to you need to earn it and that's why when i say about these guys who are playing junior in ontario and guys from here that want to make that jump yeah you need to get there early enough that you can learn yeah and you can go through that learning curve and grow and realize what your role is like guys like jordan mckenna yeah um he played junior b for orangeville for a couple of years which is a factory did he yeah he played junior b's first like the moose guy like, yeah yeah really I and didn't then he know played that. junior a this summer for them and won a minto which is a national championship no way i had yeah. no idea yeah um same with Liam McGrath he's over there now Keaton Brown there's a bunch of guys who are are in that Orangeville factory and it's the same thing that St. Catherine saw with me it's like okay this guy has some potential he clearly just needs to learn the game a bit more and um I think there's lots of guys in our league that can do that and another guy that comes to mind when we talk about that is Brian Huey you know Brian no so I know the name. He played for Southwest. He's a couple years older than me. He played uh, at Limestone Division Two. Okay. Won a national championship. So it's a that's a high level of lacrosse in the states. Yeah. He got he made Team Canada men's field okay. this fall. They did a a showcase against Ameri- uh, the the U S.
0: Yeah. He's from Nova Scotia. He's from Alabama? he's from Halifax. Okay.
1: And like that's a huge deal. Like I don't think people realize how big of a deal that actually is, but. And then after that, he got a tryout with the Thunderbirds.
0: Oh, that kid. Yeah. Okay, I do yeah. know. I saw him play this year. Someone was telling me and about And he had yeah, never yeah, yeah.
1: played a game of junior lacrosse outside of Nova Scotia. And he got a tryout in wow. the NLL and looked good. So it's just a matter of time before he sticks. Exactly. And I know, like, I know Huey personally, and I know that if he wants to play Senior A in Ontario... He will be in the NLL because he's good enough. Really? Yeah. I'm hoping, so that, I'm hoping hearing I can this. get him uh, in Brampton. Yeah. So <laughs> That's exciting stuff yeah. here in this. You know, like There's lots know. of guys, man. Well, it's that, just I, the exposure.
0: I, I was saying that in the intro. I'd like You're kind of setting a wave. I know there's tons of talent coming out of Nova Scotia and that can essentially make that jump to the NLL, but... You know, there, I'm not saying there's an actual recipe to it, but you know, there's, there's, there's definitely steps that you can take in order to secure yeah. or make it, make it a little bit, uh, the, the percentage is higher for you to be in the
1: NLL. For sure. And uh, I think a lot of guys from Nova Scotia originally went the NCAA route. That mm. was sort of their, that's what everyone pushed. Mm. And that's not a bad route, but playing in the KUFLA, which is our, our university league that we play in at Brock okay playing in that league it allows me to our seasons august to august to november so it's done quick yeah, yeah. we practice four or five days a week it's yeah. a high level of lacrosse as well but then it allows us to focus on school because you know i originally i was looking at playing in the states as well but i had always sort of wanted to take school seriously as well that was you know lacrosse was something that i would do alongside of school it wasn't mm. going to be one over the other right mm. And so, that's something that you you get offered playing the Canadian Field League. Yeah. And then, after that, November, I roll right into the ALL, which is January to April, which rolls right into junior, April to July, August. So, you're year-round. So, I'm playing year-round at a high level under bright lacrosse minds and you just have so much so much opportunity yeah. you're surrounded by like we do shoot arounds just at our brock field every week yeah. and i got tyson bell team canada player latrell harris played he was our captain of our junior team me and him played together three years he was drafted at 18 to the nll <gasps> played on team canada men's team at 20 yeah. you know these guys are generational players and they're just everywhere you look you got them in saint catharines right
0: so it's just about surrounding yourself with exactly it's the best hot talent.
1: Bed. It's a hotbed of lacrosse, yeah. and it, everyone you're playing with is at a high level, yeah. you know. And that's sh- that's the difference. That's wicked. Yeah, it's
0: exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I feel super super blessed that I got like it all worked out for me there, you know. Yeah, to be able to go to Brock and play junior A in the summer, yeah. and you know, um, I I wouldn't say it didn't come without sacrifice. You know, I was away from my family for pretty much 12 months of the year. You know, I get home at Christmas for a little bit, but, but you know, St. Catharines became a second home to me. I have lifelong friends there and, and teammates that, and memories that will last me forever. Right. So good stuff. Yeah.
0: So when you're not in Philly, are you there living there full time or when, what do you do? Fly back? Where do you, what do you do? Yeah. So
1: how it works is, um, I go, I'm still at Brock. Okay. Well, that I was still at Brock and, uh, I'm graduating this year. My Congrats. Fourth year. And what? Uh, my undergrad's medical science. No way, man. Yeah. You got a brain on you, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I was always, uh, always school and sports were, you know, equally, I was equally dedicated, oh, yeah? I would say, right? Good so, stuff. Yeah, so I had, um, I go to school Monday to Thursday, fly out Friday. <laughs> I fly out of Buffalo. Sick. Fly out of Buffalo. It's about a 40 minute drive. You
0: got a car down there?
1: Yeah, I got a car, and I travel with uh, Rubes, our coach, and okay. Ian Lord. Ian Lord's a 14-year NLL vet. Sick. And the other guy I travel with is Kyle Matisse, okay. our captain. <laughs> so, like, I'm with the my defensive coach, 14-year vet, and the captain of the team. So. Dude, you got it set up pretty nice right now yeah that's like,
0: pretty sick you just can't wait for th- you said thursdays you fly out or fridays Thursdays
1: or fridays depending if it's a friday game we go thursday if it's saturday game you go friday you're just living for the weekend you're just like, yeah. yeah that is unreal so i mean it's tough right like you got to get all your school work done in four days compared to the seven days that yeah. i would normally have right because yeah. when you're there it's all across all business you're yeah. not you're not thinking about school at all yeah but yeah it's it's honestly the travel part's pretty easy i drive to buffalo we usually carpool it's about a forty-minute drive to the airport. The flight to Philly's forty-five minutes. It's it's easy, joke, easy. Yeah. And then we get to Philly. We rent a car, go to our practice facility, practice. How, so you stay at a hotel? Do you guys have like a house there? Yeah, hotel, hotel. We stay in a hotel. Uh, our practice facility is actually in New Jersey. How far is New Jersey from Philly? It's like twenty minutes. Is it? Yeah, that's such a great hub for sports. I I, I always
0: it say is. this for hockey, like. Like if you play if you want to play anywhere sports you play on the East Coast in that little hub, like yeah. everything is just right in New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. It's yeah. all just right there.
1: Yeah. Well, the where the Wells Fargo is, I don't know if you've ever been to Philly. I've been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, where the Wells Fargo is is it's the Wells Fargo, yeah. and then you have the football stadium where the Eagles play. What do you in mean, the, like right, like just in, next to it, like, same parking lot? Yeah. No way. And then the Phillies baseball, all three of them are just in the same parking lot. It's like this big downtown. So smart. It's sick. It's just a big, massive parking lot around it. And yeah, it's pretty cool. That's smart like city planning. Like
0: they're talking about putting a CFL stadium here and they're like, we'll put it in Dartmouth. And it's yeah. just like, no one's going to go to that. Like the reason I say the Wanderers are so successful, the soccer team here. It's right there. It's right there next to the mm-hmm. bars. Everyone's just, it's right next mm-hmm. to it. And I know it sucks because Halifax has, like there's no space other than the commons, but you can't put a football stadium in the commons. Yeah. But that's so. That's wicked. Yeah, and that's, that's great.
1: There's bars right in there. Like it's wild, man. It's wild. That's sick. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. So, I yeah. want. Sorry. Go me. ahead.
0: I wanted to ask you. Um, I, I went out on the floor and was playing catch, um, at the Scotiabank Center. And It didn't really bother me, but the the lights on the roof when I was chucking a white ball it didn't blind me. But I was like, oh if I was playing here, I'd kind of have to adjust to that. Was there anything that you had to adjust to playing in a big stadium with the the bright
1: lights, literally like seeing the ball or anything like that? Or we are good. I think uh, the rinks I played in in junior and growing up were, were like, I find when they turn the lights on, like at the Wells Fargo after out Canada, like I find I can see it really well. Oh yeah. Like I I feel like it's, it's easy to see it.
0: Orange ball or white ball?
1: White. Always white. Yeah. Every game white. Yeah.
0: Would you rather orange
1: or do you care? Maybe. I don't know i don't know it's hard to say i don't think it would make too big of a difference but i know the orange ball is a bit easier like sometimes we'll use the orange ball if we're in a rink that it is tough to see because yeah you know like you have a junior rink and it's the white lights and then there's white walls around yeah that is tough it's sometimes you can't see it at all yeah so that's when you would use an orange one but
0: how nice is the turf like just playing on a turf compared to cement oh yeah the turf's awesome it's awesome yeah what kind of shoes do you do you wear spikes in your shoes or is they like basketball basketball
1: shoes yeah cool yeah it's pretty grippy yeah
0: yeah what about uh they they give you like shoes and like like shafts anything you want like if you break a shaft you're not sweating you get a new one. no
1: no they give us everything gear like shoulder pads kidney pads you could get a full set if you wanted how many sticks do you have right now i i have two yeah but um i've snagged a few for my buddies you know hey we should be buddies <laughs> <laughs> give me a couple of blues in mine <laughs> because i was always surrounded in saint catherine just surrounded by these nll guys and yeah. i was sort of you know the broke student and i was like i'm not paying for a stick i know you get them for free and uh yeah i was kind of bumming them off guys yeah and now then once i get in that position i'm like okay i gotta grab a few for my boys you, you gotta know? pay it forward so uh but you know it's it's fun to be able to do that and good stuff yeah um I was going to talk to you about,
0: uh, I guess the defensive side of the game in the NLL, obviously there's a difference from any other league. Um, you know the, the 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 most skilled players in the world are playing in the NLL. The ball movement hmm. is so quick. I wouldn't even bother moving my head because the ball is moving so quick. Do you yeah. focus on the ball or do you focus on the player? I'm an offensive guy, so whenever yeah. I went back on D, we usually got scored on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what, what are some uh, what are some tricks that you do as a defensive player it's, in the NLL? It's
1: all just about positioning and knowing where you are on the floor and like. just reassessing because you have to be in a position where you can see the ball and your guy, but you okay. can't you can't be turning your head right. No because and i i remember in training camp a couple times playing like our offense is pretty nasty we got like Brett Hickey yeah. Matt Rambo Kevin Crowley Corey Viterelli and these guys are whipping it back and forth and i remember one one moment specifically i looked they swung it i looked and by the time i had looked to my right they had swung <laughs> it back and i looked again and it was already back and i was just like i got like i got to i got to figure this out you know <laughs> And so it's just about being in a position where you're open to your guy, but you can also see the ball, yeah, and trying not to try not to make too big movements because the ball does move so quick, yeah, but you also need to be ready to go slide. You can't be not you can't be staring at your guy because there could be a one on one on the other side and your guy needs support, so yeah.
0: One, one thing I noticed, because we sit up in the press box at the Scotiabank Center, and you can see the game so well, and Jordan Mills, who's our, our, our Thunderbirds guy who is on the other podcast, he's a ref in the Junior A League, in the in the Senior League, and things like that, and... What he said, it's it's incredible how much the refs go on like a, on a moving pick. Like oh, no yeah. NLL will a ref will call an actual moving pick that we've seen. No. So was there ever a point where you were just extremely frustrated, like what the fuck are you doing? Like that's a, like was there yeah, ever that point I mean, where you are like okay, this is the NLL, they're not gonna let I they're mean, gonna let shit go.
1: It's pretty similar. Like the refs who ref the NLL ref our junior leagues in Ontario. Well, did you notice like a difference at all from what they let go in that league compared to the because it, around I, here. They'll call that. Yeah. No, you know? they let a lot go in junior, probably even more than they let go in the NLL. Like in really? NLL, there's no off-ball slash. Yeah. In junior and senior, you can just beat on guys really? off-ball. But like with the moving pick thing, Yeah. to me, a moving pick is only if you knock the guy over. Like okay, okay. if, you knock, if I'm a defender and I get knocked over, to me, that should be a moving pick because that's automatically a two-on-one. It's yeah. just not fair. But as a defender, you get away with a lot of holding and grabbing. Do so you the guys come to pick me, you grab a hold of them so they don't get that separation. Okay. So it's sort of like they let the holds go. So they also let the moving picks go. It's uh-huh. like, but I think the line is when a guy gets knocked over. Okay. And I mean, yeah, I guess it's the ref's discretion if the guy's selling it, you know, if he dives on the pick. But like, you get hammered on picks sometimes and... And if there's no call when I get knocked over and, you know, they score off that, that's pretty frustrating, but yeah. the refs are pretty good about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was just an interesting point point Millsy made early on in the year. Just the because coming from Nova Scotia, there's not much lacrosse, So when you see an actual professional game for the first time in yeah. years, and you're like, oh, whoa, 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 that's not a, like around here. So yeah, I just so I just it, asked if you just had. I yeah. definitely
1: think uh, one of the biggest adjustments I had early in the season was just the physicality of the picks, and because yeah. everyone's big and fast, and they come in full speed. Yeah, and like if you're not aware that the pick's coming, yeah, you're gonna get hammered. But you know, a lot of that's just talk. Yeah. And we've got some pretty good chemistry on our defense now that, you know, you're not getting blown up by picks too often because someone's letting you know that it's coming and you can get around it. Did you make any adjustments to your gear at all going to the NLL? No, no, no. So I just getting fresh stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I was sick. using hand-me-down gear for however long I, I could play, you know. But hand-me-down gear is the best. It I is. like.
0: It is. Let. Here just, I'll show you my stick. One sec. All right. <laughs> this is my stick here look at this the, i've used this since uh since midget like my, I, my last year senior i played was two years ago and i used that stick but that An stick's evil. been these are legendary it doesn't even the ball doesn't even fit in it anymore you need a it's softball. So tight, i know
1: that's what you keep a softball in it from pinching
0: but i just i i lot like hand me down gears the best
1: man because it, it just works with you maybe i do you need know to get you a stick can you?
0: Hey, that's why I showed you it. I love it. Do you know how to string a stick?
1: I actually don't. My roommate, uh, Pete Herniak, he strings all my sticks up. So he's my boy. Is your? Do you got a deep he's pocket, shallow? Yeah, I got a pretty pretty deep, you know, as a defender. Like, you defender wanna, yeah. I like to have a lot of hold in my stick so I can scoop a loosey and just yeah. power cradle my way out of trouble. Yeah. But uh, that thing looks like it, it uh, comes out pretty smooth.
0: I just like it because it's, uh, like, I don't like the cradle. I I just like it's in and out. Yeah, you know I don't like if I do cradle. It's just it's just like a quick. It's just like that's
1: what a small pocket. You have a quick release. You can sort of pass from anywhere.
0: And anytime someone's about to hit me, I pass anyway. So (laughs) I don't I don't need to be cradling (laughs) when I'm getting hit. Good stuff. Who's your Who's your face off guy? You guys got a good face off guy.
1: Uh, we have arguably the best face off guy. Are you sure? Because apparently, Jake Withers is legit. I know he is, but Trevor Baptiste. So what's so good about him? He was. He was the best face-off guy. He's the best face-off guy at field, like, in the world. What? Yeah. He won the Tawaritan, which is the Heisman or the Hobie Baker Award of lacrosse. No way. And he's a face-off guy. Really? Yeah. I think he had the highest percentage in the NL last year. I'd love to see Withers but him and this Withers, guy yeah, go. Yeah, I know. That that was a battle that we were all looking forward to because they're definitely one and two. Withers is legit. How old is the guy on your team? I think, I think TB's, like... 25 oh 26. so he's like
0: he's like withers like the same yeah age. They, yeah yeah that's cool
1: they battled at the world championship did they yeah and like uh i think withers plays in the mll and trevor plays in the pl which are the professional field lacrosse leagues oh yeah but uh yeah trevor's like known as just the face-off guy as one of the best face-off guys does he have a deep pocket in his face-off stick, yeah. I oh, mean, he has two sticks. The face-off sticks are a little different. They're like the heads are are a little more flimsy, so guys can clamp and and bend it in and because yeah.
0: uh, there's no circle in the NLL, is there? Like no, you're allowed I don't to just think. go in right away.
1: Yeah uh you mean as the other as, guys as the
0: draw because like you know the, the release guys are allowed just to come in right away yeah, like there they don't a have to wait draw circle oh is there
1: yeah and the ball has to come out of there i'm pretty sure oh i thought thunderbirds there was on the thunderbirds yeah. turf there wasn't honestly, there could be i honestly don't even really know <laughs> you just go <laughs> are you he's just wins them clean anyway he pinch and pop and we're out of there so, are you a geez, face-off like, guy I, I i get out there for face-off do you yeah yeah we, we just do like line one is is on the first line and yeah line two is like our we have two lines of defense okay and um so like you have your d line one is your first draw team and then d line two is like the second draw team so we just switch cool each draw.
0: you ever notice your cardio has to be a little bit better in those bigger ranks i find when you play in scotia bank center oh well, i've never played well i did play hockey there and i remember playing junior a and then going to playing a couple games with the moose heads and it's so hot in these big rinks so quick because mm-hmm. there's so many people did you ever notice that like your cardio aspect
1: like it had yeah, to be a bit better i mean i think i'm just so so much adrenaline and yeah, you're just so just- ready to go that like you, you don't get tired out there i mean no. some games like on the back-to-backs like you're feeling it yeah on the big rinks where you got to run like the long change like in the second period second in the fourth quarter and yeah. in the wells we're running you gotta sprint all the way back into our zone, and then you're breaking out. You're sprinting off. Though if it's like if it's a game where there's a lot of transition, yeah, that can kind of be a bagger because you're sprinting on and off a lot. But, yeah, uh, it's not too bad. I got pretty good cardio. I like to think. Well, if you that's
0: a little back to what you said a minute ago. Like when you're playing lacrosse year round, yeah, it's like
1: yeah, no. So I, what are you doing now, like? You know how I mean, do there's you not much not much i can do right now you like a treadmill and like, what do you do just to, run outside and hit the wall and yeah. get a net going and maybe get a few guys to throw the ball around with and
0: when you do runs do you ever run with your stick
1: i don't i don't personally but i know some guys who do yeah yeah if i'm running i'm i'm out there to get the get the 5k done or whatever i'm trying to do you know 5k good distance yeah <laughs> good stuff yeah um
0: yeah. One thing that uh didn't come natural to you as a lacrosse player that you had to work on one thing for me was uh, shooting left because obviously shooting the opposite way never comes easy to anyone. It was one thing i' didn't, I wouldn't say mastered, but it's one thing that I've you know I, I can casually do. What's one thing that you uh that, you know something didn't come natural to you that you know you had to work on uh, I guess harder than the rest
1: yeah, I mean I'd just say just growing up playing in Nova Scotia because we don't have that full year. Uh, I think just working on my stick skills oh, just yeah? to be at the level that they need to be yeah. uh, to play junior A, um, just hitting the wall. You, you know, know, I was always hitting the wall. I had a net in my backyard, and I had, um, like, hung a net up behind it so that when I missed, it would catch it. Oh, yeah. And just I would just spend hours out there working on my shot. And I mean, you, any player that plays lacrosse can get better by hitting the wall yeah. and working on your shot on a net. It's, it's an easy sport to get to get better at if you put the time in yeah and i mean hitting the wall like that's like meditation you know like you just put the tunes in go and go and and that really does help your game a lot so
0: you ever break a window hit a car no I nothing mean, break a fence i mean
1: i might have like hit hit things but i we lived in in, in st Catharines. we had a couple notorious uh houses there yeah. and um uh, we would play in our backyard same thing we had a net set up and we had um mesh behind it us but like Lucky. we we would you know we would be ripping it in our backyard but <laughs> i can say that we never broke a window or damaged anything even though we had houses six feet on either side of us and we we weren't we weren't uh taking anything off our shots you know we were we were blasting them but good I stuff guess, i guess you just try and stay away from the pipes and hope when it's in the air that <laughs> it, it comes back down you know good stuff so um summer plans what do you uh, obviously this whole cv19 thing yeah i mean i was drafted to brampton in senior a <laughs> yeah and uh so is that league still up in the air right now it is so it's hard to it's hard to say what's gonna happen but yeah uh, i was happy to be drafted by them they got a, a good program with a lot of good young guys petterson is a uh, place for them sick um he's been impressive to watch this year yeah he's legit he's a good player i'm
0: pretty sure he's like running the point on the power play
1: yeah, yeah, no, he's like, he's a real deal. I played against him in junior, and he tore it up. Did he? Yeah. Where's yeah. he from? Brampton, I think. Oh, he's from there. I think. He played for them in junior. So.
0: Yeah, good stuff. We did a podcast this year with the coach, Mike. Great guy. Yeah. Just, like, I I had tons of lacrosse. Like, we didn't even really, we talked about the team, but, like, I had more lacrosse questions about the actual NLL because he's been there for, you know, so long, and I asked him, like, I guess the difference from when he played to now, because the league's grown from when he's played to now. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what do you think it is? Do you think it's like the skill level of the players? Do you think it's, you know, social media and the fans coming out? And like, what do you think it is? And he's like, well, it's definitely not the skill. He's like, the skill's always been the same. It's always been high pace. Every guy's always known how to catch. Every guy's always known how to score. Mm -hmm. It's none of that. And I I forget what his actual answer was, but essentially it, it just came down to the, um, like awareness of the game like people growing it and actually knowing about it more and just getting out there and it it was cool to to see a guy that's been there from the beginning to where it is now and now you're getting to like reap the benefits of all that before and play in a league that's actually established yeah it's kind of cool coming full circle to see how it all comes together
1: yeah it's definitely uh the like just what you hear about the first the first um like early days of the nll to what it is now you know you're grateful that those guys went through that and it's cool I remember hearing a story about, a, I think it was Washington Stealth, and they uh, the guys would get their checks, and the team account only had a certain amount of money, so they had to run to the bank after practice, or else their checks would bounce if you were late getting there. And so the rookies would get locked in the room <laughs> until, they everyone get get, paid. until everyone would get there. And it's like, you were getting paid, but you weren't really getting paid. But, you know, it, lacrosse is a sport that... That's the thing about lacrosse that makes it unique, you know. It's not a sport that people are in it for the money, yeah. you know, or you're making millions and you're um like it's regular guys that love the game and love playing in front of a bunch of people and competing with the best players in the world. You know, that's the reason you play. It's not because of the money. The money is a, a bonus, but it's really just the love of the game, competing at the highest level against the other best players in the world and playing with your brothers you know yeah.
0: i think that's a great way to end it yeah. coming up on an hour here um last couple minutes of the podcast are yours i know you got a lot of buddies and a yeah. lot of people that have helped you get to where you are so if you want to thank anyone take the take the floor it's all yours man
1: yeah i guess i'll just give a shout out to uh, all the guys in st Catharines. you know um that helped me get there sean allen steve toll jeff chakowski um ian Rubel, all my boys up there you know they know who they are just just want everyone to uh it's 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 good to see the the game growing in Halifax and the kids growing up in Halifax you know having a team to look up to and and a goal to set and just just want to see more guys set that goal and and realize how close they really are to making it Um, as long as you make the right steps and the sacrifices and and uh work at it you can you can get there so awesome
0: alex thanks again man for coming thank on the you. podcast i appreciate it, pleasure.
1: it hopefully we see you on a thunderbirds jersey ah, maybe i'm all yeah. wins right now oh, no <laughs> <laughs>
0: good good for you good yeah. for you man awesome thank um you. everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in once again stay safe i don't know wash your hands eat the right foods do whatever you can to uh you know to get past this thing we're in it together we're gonna be fine Hi Button Sports. Alex, I'm Justin. We're out. Oh, no,
2: ah yeah. uh, Mama said we in the church. You best believe this ain't no hotel. Rocking your halo like a snapback because you hang with ghetto angels. She told me they won't catch you when you fall. You know this thing won't end well. Does somebody shot the sheriff. If you shoot, I ain't gonna pay bill. She says morning, wake up, wake. Good morning, wake up, wake. Good morning, wake up, wake, wake up, wake. Wake up and get you. Today, make the devil stay away. Stay away, 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 away ain't away, got a fake, but you're blocking all your blessings when you're lying about your age. I can feel the spirit moving when I'm lighting up the stage. You listening when you pray, it just depends on your taste. She she said, Tell me where you're running when that kitty ain't as warm as it was. I don't care who you're praying to. I just pray you believe in. You see what you seek is underneath that and come and make them scream. Amen from the congregation. Me. Where I'm headed, hella heaven. See those fast straight to Mars. Look at God. She says, "Good morning, wake up, wake. Good morning, wake up, wake." She says, "Good morning."